Welcome to the most must-hear podcast in history. Welcome to Real Talk. I am your host, Jesse Jones. Let's get this thing started, y'all. Come on. Real talks in effect, y'all. Let's start the show. All right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, we are back. We are back. Took us a little week break for the 4th of July weekend and everything. So, you know, actually, we just really kind of just laid around and slept for a little bit and watched TV. And I think we went to a movie that day. We did something on the 4th of July. I don't know what we did, but we did something. But anyway, we back, we back, we back. We hope everybody had a wonderful 4th of July celebration and everything. Welcome to another edition of Real Talk. As always, I am your host, Jesse Jones, along with my beautiful, vivacious, my gorgeous, my wonderful executive producer. She is my wife. She is the queen. She is also here to help me co-host once again, Philanda. Say hi to the people, baby. Hello, queens and kings. He's gonna keep going with that, and and this time even try to have a little British accent with it and everything, huh? Mm-hmm. That's what that's what we, we we still on that. Yep, still having. Okay. okay. Oh, okay. Whatever. Okay. Okay. <laughs> as always, want to give a quick shout out to my boy Mike Gibbs. I'm never not gonna give him a shout out as long as I'm using his beats. He is the man who designed and arch and the architect of the intro for Real Talk. I appreciate him. Also, quick shout out to my boy. He is our graphic design artist, Mr. Russell Worthy, a.k.a. Rutt. He is the dude who designed our logo. He does the High Praise Ministry logo and does everything that is available right now on the High Praise Ministries page. Uh, You can also go to zazzle.com backslash DA underscore REV to check out some of the uh, wonderful merch that we have for High Praise Ministry, some of the great shirts and whatnot. He's the designer behind that. Now that we've gotten all that in and out the way, Let's go ahead and get started with the show. And let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. I hope I'll have to pay for all of that. But that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to have... We do a, not own the rights to that music. Thank you. You. I, I, you know that doesn't work, right? You know that never really no, actually I, doesn't I just... do anything for it. I, I see people do it on Facebook all the time when they're... Uh, Posting videos and that doesn't stop you from having to pay if the people make want you to have to pay. Recognize it as a matter of fact. Recognizing that you don't own the rights to it works more in their favor than anything else because you have publicly just said, "I'm using this and I shouldn't be using this." Oops, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyhow, that's exactly what we're gonna talk about today. Um, today's topic comes straight from the mind. And the questioning of one of our members here at High Praise Ministries. Uh, she is one of my mentees as well. She is a phenomenal woman of God in her own right. She is the great, well, I guess I won't say her name, but she know who she is. She know who she is. 
I don't know if I'm supposed to say her name or not, so I ain't gonna say her name. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> she is a phenomenal person, and and uh, she has helped craft the topic for today concerning sex. Now she didn't just uh, ask questions concerning sex as a whole, but I figured because they were sex kind of related, we would just go ahead and open it up the entire way. And so one of the things that she would like to hear a discussion concerning. Uh, she she was wanted to hear a discussion concerning unmarried couples and living together. Is it sin? I'm going to open it up. Well, no, I'm going to open it up. I was going to let you open it up. I'm going to open it up first. That way we can go ahead and get all these folk who are going to jump down, jump down for those and jump down my throat first. Uh, first of all, disclaimer for anyone who is of young ears or what have you, or if you were a parent and you're listening to this with a young person, I don't hold back. I don't, I'm not going to intentionally be graphic of in, in any way, shape, form or fashion, but I know me, I'm also real Ron blunt. So I don't know what may come out my mouth. So, um, just be forewarned, just shot this. Hey, I've learned you're supposed to give disclaimers like that. Cause you never know. So, and for all y'all Christians go ahead and get ready to clutch your pearls. Because I'm going to mess y'all's religion all the way up. It is not sin for an unmarried couple to live together. Oh my God. The old folks used to call it shacking. I grew up Church of God in Christ. Kojic. Hallelujah. The Holy Rollers. I grew up Church of God in Christ. I grew up under the second ecclesiastical jurisdiction of Pennsylvania under the auspices of the presiding prelate himself, Bishop Melvin Eugene Clark Sr. at headquarters at the church in the round of Aloquippa, Pennsylvania. See, I still got my code churchy talk. I know how to do that. So I understand what has been taught, what has been said down throughout the years. Here's the reality of it. Shacking is not a sin. You won't find the term shacking in the Bible. You won't find anything related to shacking in the Bible. You won't find the understanding of shacking in the Bible. None of that is biblical. Hear me now. The sin is fornication. When you are actively having sex outside of marriage. If you are living with someone whom you are in a relationship with, but you are not having sex, you are not in sin. Say that one more time before I let my wife speak because I'm going to let her get it in before I really start ranting and getting out, getting on in this. If you are living with the person you are in a relationship with, but you are not having sex of any kind, or oral, penetration, anal, hand jobs, whatever, fingering, doesn't matter. You are not having any of those kind of sexual contactness, dry humping, none of that. You're not in sin. The sin is fornication. Now, you should not tempt it. It's not a good idea to tempt it. But you were not in sin by doing so. Here's a quick little newsflash for all y'all Christians who are clutching your pearls and all y'all who are calling me a heretic and all this other stuff. Can I let you know that Adam and jo- excuse me, that Joseph and Mary um, shacked? My Bible says they were espoused to be married. 
The word espoused means engaged. They had not been married yet. Yet Joseph had the ability to put her away. Putting her away in a place so they could where, where they would still be together, unmarried, but so that she would not be ridiculed. As a matter of fact, I don't know when they got married. It's not biblically written. But when it came down, when she became pregnant with Jesus, they were engaged, not married. I'm just giving you facts. So, all of this hoopla and all this shaming that goes on concerning people who have made a decision to live together but not have sex is unwarranted. You're up. Uh, this, this should be a simple question. I don't know why we sugarcoat this for people um, nowadays. Look, if you're having sex and you're not married, you're fornicating, point blank. Um, whether you live together or you don't live together, it's still fornication. So, I, I don't know why this is even still a conversation in 2019. Still a conversation in 2019 because people are still so super holy religious. Let me clear that up. Mm -hmm. If you are dating, if you are engaged, if you do not have a marriage license, I don't care if you did exchange rings and we promised to love each other. If you do not have a legal marriage license, you are unmarried and you are having fornication. But they didn't have marriages like that with licenses in the Bible. It's, it, it's what we determined it to be now. So, once again. But it's just a piece of paper. Nope, doesn't matter. But marriage don't change nothing. We just in love. Once again. You still, if you get into a car accident and die that day, you still going to hell. Next question. <laughs> if y'all can see the, 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 the see, y'all have to know my wife like I know her. The disdain and disgust for this, for this particular topic, not because she'll not, not because she's uncomfortable with the topic. She's, she just hates stupidity and she hates uh, unnecessary religiousness. If y'all could see the disdain on her face matched by the disdain of her voice by this. You'd be a, you, you 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 would understand why I get to laugh and I get a kick out of stuff like this. Understand that it is time out, and I've said that those who know me know I've said this forever. It is time out for teaching add-ons to the Word of God. Christians for years have taught that shacking, which is again is not a biblical term, is a sin in order to keep people who were who were in, in a relationship from committing the sin of fornication. They deal with scriptures like the Bible talks about how it's better not to play with fire. I'm paraphrasing. It doesn't say play with fire, but it's, it's in that realm of it. It's better not to play with fire, and it's better for a man to go ahead and get married than, than to burn in hell because of, because of temptation, stuff like that. Um, and I understand the logic behind it. It is harder not impossible it is harder to commit fornication if you're not living together than it is if you are mm -hmm. but just like drinking and drinking not being a sin but getting drunk is sin and we teach that because you can't get drunk if you never drink 
we're doing exactly what the word tells us not to do. We're adding to the word of God. Fornication is sin. Living together is not. So, the secondary portion of the question that she brings along with that, is it necessary to live with someone to get to know them? <laughs> oh, is that a question for me? Yeah, yeah, we're going to let you then start it off. Um, I don't think that it's necessary to get to know someone, um, to live with someone, to get to know someone. But I will say, speaking from experience, that living with someone will show you sides of them that they cannot hide when you two live apart. Facts. Um, because eventually, your PR representative will get off the job and you will start to see sides of people that you may have not been ready for, you did not see coming. Like, some things are noticeable. So, like, you date a guy, and then you go over his house, and you go in his bathroom, and his bathroom nasty. Chances are, he typically is nasty. Don't expect that much different unless you plan on cleaning that bathroom once you're together. Um, but, yeah, there's still other things. Like, having to deal with people um, when they're at their worst. Those things sometimes you can you can go away from people and hide those kinds of things, um, but when you live together, yeah, there's no hiding that, there's no covering up that. I'm kind of on the fence with it. So, I the the what puts me on the fence is the term necessary. Necessary by definition means that you have to do it. And by that logic, no, you don't have to live with somebody to get to know them. Um, it is a great inspection to get to know a person, especially in this day and age. But the reason that it becomes a great inspection to get to know somebody in this day and age is because we don't take the time to get to know people. We have become... And online everything. You meet online. You date online. You have whole full-fledged relationships with people online you have never, ever seen. I, I, as I said, I'm reminded, I wish I could... Manti Teo, that was his name. It just dropped. I was trying to think of the dude's name. And it just dropped on me like a ton of bricks. Manti Teo was a linebacker who played at Notre Dame who got drafted in the NFL. He remade catfishing oh, yeah, super popular guy. again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He had a whole four-year relationship with some chick online he had never met. Never met. I don't even, if I recall correctly, I don't even think they even talked on the phone. Everything was online. Mm -hmm. And he was in love. But because he never really took the time to get to know her. See, when you're typing somebody, you have the ability to edit yourself. Mm -hmm. I do it all the time to some of you who are members of mine who I have to text to counsel. Mm -hmm. 
y'all y'all will be surprised at stuff that I erase and edit so that I can say it in a more loving way. And I know some of y'all like he says it in a loving way. Oh my god. Well, if you're oh my godding at what I have said, just imagine what I erased. You have the ability to do that. Pretty it up. Make it look nice. Make it sound nice. Take your tone down and everything. Delegate your PR representative. This is why if so, if you catch somebody that cusses you out in text, they meant to do it. Mm -hmm. They hit that sand because they really most likely wanted to hit that sand. Because they have the ability to edit and read and all those other things to make sure this is exactly what I want to say. But when you are in a person's face, in their space, in, in their surroundings, you gonna come up upon some moments that they can't hide. Mm -hmm. Let me give the age-old cliche adage that, that, that is a dumb question to me, but, you know, people think it's important. When is it okay to fart in front of your in front of your significant other? And people ask that because we believe farting to be something very disgusting. It is a nasty thing. It smells. It's horrible. And you should be able to control this natural bodily function that everybody do. And so people will rip their guts apart trying to hold in a fart so that they don't mess up the relationship. It's respectful to do so. Well, if you are with somebody long enough and in their space long enough, they're going to have a cheek open slippage moment. Which is, <laughs> comes right on out and they don't even know. Maybe they had some beans earlier that day, you don't know. And it just happens. And now you have to deal with it. It teaches you two things. One, who they really are. And two, can you handle it? What we don't do in society enough today is take the time to get to know people. You don't have to live with them. And again, piggybacking off of the previous portion of the question, living with them becomes a huge temptation. It becomes a, a, a huge uh, barrier or, or this, this, this kind of, uh, I, I can't think of the, how I want to phrase it, but it, it becomes this huge thing between the two of y'all. You know you want it. They know they want it. Y'all both know y'all want it together. And now y'all are fighting, trying not to do it. The Bible says to flee those kinds of temptations. Run, run, Forrest, run. That's what we're supposed to do. But you living with them, you smack that where you going to run to. You right there. And chances are, if y'all living together, y'all sleeping in the same bed. That's not act like we like, like folks are stupid. But to get there, but is it necessary to get to know them? No, just take some time and get to know them. Understand them. Be be able to to talk and have conversation with them. Go out on dates some doggone where. Be some places with them and see them in their natural habitat, in their natural surroundings. Let them see you in yours. That's how you get to know someone. Why we don't do that anymore is beyond me. But is it necessary? No, not at all. Which brings me to her third question. Hmm. Essentially her third question. Sex before marriage. What's the big deal? And we're going to take a side because we've already said the fornication. We have both actively said that. Mm -hmm. We're going to remove that aspect of it. Mm -hmm. We'll remove the set, the, 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 the sin aspect out of out of the way. Mm 
Mm. What's the big deal? What 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 was so bad about having sex before marriage? Yeah, I'm still starting with you. Yeah. Well, if you if for me, okay. So here's the thing. Um. It will either it will either help you or it will hurt your relationship in the long run. So, um, unpopular opinion, especially amongst Christians, um, <coughs> but sex is a big part of your uh, your your sexual compatibility is a big part of your relationship, and if you are not sexually compatible, you leave the wants and desires of one another unfulfilled which in this day and age can easily be filled by somebody else um or you end up with somebody who becomes very bitter because they feel like they trapped in a relationship because they'll use the cliche like god well yeah cliche i don't know if it's cliche don't know where exactly it is in the bible if it's in the bible whether or not that divorce that divorce god's hate god hates divorce it's scripture okay um, so people will use that. So then you just stuck and you mad and you unhappy because you ain't know that this person could not fulfill your needs. Um, so there's that argument. Now, the other side to that argument is, is that if you do everything out of the gate before you even get married, then what do you got left for the rest of the years of your life? So then what? Because now you're with this person. And generally, nobody goes into a an, uh, into a marriage with the idea that within six months I'll be divorced, or one year I will be divorced, or five years from now I would be divorced. I hope people aren't shooting for that. <laughs> like that'd this be, is a temp be, position. That'd be a really crappy goal. That would. <laughs> that like that that this is a you know what I want to be married, but I only want to be married for five years. So you will do. And we will live together legitimately and be married. But when your clock is up, you're out of here. Your contract is not going to be renewed. Right. So I don't, I don't think there are very many people who are going into relationships like that. And if you are, I don't know if you really need to be in a relationship. But, um, so yeah, I mean, once you pretty much, you, you get all of the, the, the fun stuff out of the way. Because just to be honest. If we be honest with us, some of us are thrill seekers. Ugh. And once you get all the thrills out of the way, well, you can't keep doing that all uh, for the rest of your all eternity that you have left with this person. And, and, and if you two are not on the same mindset, the same desire set, the same emotion set, then hey, you, you're just going through the motions and it will get boring. Um, I, I personally think sometimes you need that element of surprise. So you have something to look forward to. And this is coming from a person who has had a lot of premarital sex. Um, with people, some people I ain't even intend on marrying. Um, but I mean, over the course of time, you can only do the same things over and over again for so long. So, I don't think you should set yourself up like that. I feel like that's one of those set yourself up for failure moments. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes 
the sexual activity can be, can be so great. And let's not just because we say don't mean that we don't enjoy it, but it'd be so great that you miss that it, it blinds you from the flaws of somebody that can happen too. So I guess there are three things. I was going to say that, that that's, that sounds like three and you said two. Yeah. That, <laughs> I, so yeah, I guess that's the third thing that, that you could be so caught up. Um, yeah, you could be so caught up in the euphoric. Can I say the O word? Sure. Uh, from the euphoric haze of the orgasmic foam or fog that appears around you. Foam? Yeah, just, just don't judge me. That one popped in my head before the fog. <laughs> Let that go. Let's just move on. Who is foam? If you're foaming in the midst of your orgasm, you might you be. Take, it, may, it may have you rabid. You we don't need know. To take you to the hospital. You may need to do that. You need some shots. Look, I'm sure you caught something. Look here. Look, that could be <laughs> one of those little side effects of fornicating. <laughs> you start foam. Anyway, let's move on from that. Uh, <laughs> We already got that you're going to hell for it. Let's move on from the STDs. <laughs> well, I'm not even going to say you're going to hell for it. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you can, it, it can cause you in your, in your state of sexual blissfulness to overlook certain things that you need for a long-term partner. You don't even realize that this is a need not a want or a desire until you ain't got it. So if you and him or you and her are doing these things and you, oh my God, I'm so in love with them. And then come to find out that you two have fallen in love and bought a house, are about to buy a house and you so in love with each other. You just want to live together for the rest of your lives and y'all nice and merry. And come to find out, you cannot because he got some messed up credit. <laughs> or she got some messed up credit. And then what do you do? You may have all your stuff on point. And then come to find out, they ain't. Nor do they have intentions on it. Sometimes that kind of state of mind can cloud your judgment about what's... There's, there's what you want... And there's what you need in order to survive. And, and and being all in the blissful euphoria of the happy state. <laughs> Sorry, see, no foam, happy state. In the happy state, <laughs> uh, can, can blindside you the stuff that you need to survive and to live together, not as an individual now, but as a couple in your long term. Um. That brings us back to us. Did we have the conversation about two? Yeah, we did. Mm -hmm. We did the broadcast about being equally yoked. Last uh, two weeks ago. Yes. So you 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 sitting up here and y'all in the happiness state, the euphoric moments, and you're all in those. And then you decide, great. Now we want to bring a child into the world. Oh, by the way, he didn't tell you he hates religion. Cause that never comes up in the happy place. <laughs> oh, it comes up just not like doesn't have <laughs> a conversation. Piece. Right. <laughs> oh God! Oh God! Yes, Jesus. That, that was that, him, by the not way, a, not me. <laughs> but that's <laughs> not, that's that's not the conversation about religion. You just mm -hmm. call the name. Right. Uh, <laughs> um. That. So. Okay. So I'm gonna try to do this quick because I ain't trying to preach. 
when I was uh, the youth pastor at Victoria Life Christian Center, 1875 Tamarack Circle North, Columbus, Ohio, 43227, excuse me, 43229. Service starts promptly every Sunday at 1030. Pastor Howard Williams, my current pastor, he is the pastor of that church. Go ahead, and if you're in the Columbus, Ohio area, check him out. It's a wonderful, it's a wonderful opportunity to have, uh, have an experience with Christ. So anyhow, when I was there and I was the youth pastor there, I did a series on on sex. Me and my wife, we did a series on it. One of the things I talked about was this concept that has been lost. See, I told you we're going to take sin aside. So I'm not dealing with the sin. Well, let me deal with the sin for just a quick second. I'm not, I'm not prepared to say that just because you've committed the sin of fornication, you're going to hell. No, I wasn't saying that because you can always repent. But you did say you're going to hell. No, I said if you died in a car accident that same day. I'm still not prepared to say that you're going to hell. See, um, the grace of God is so great that it can't. I'm not saying it will, but it can cover. Mm. The Bible says that love covers a multitude of sin. Mm -hmm. So if this is your one thing mm -hmm. and you're striving to do everything else right, but this is your hang up. Mm. And you die in it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. The way I teach, the way the way I, I want to try to steer people is: do your best to not let a, a hang up be a hang up. Mm. That don't way you ain't got to worry. Right. That, but that way you ain't got to worry about this type of thing. Mm. But if if it just so happens that you have a hang up, whether it be sex or or, or whatever, mm. I'm not prepared to say yet that. Hell is your portion. Mm -hmm. I know holiness without no man shall see the Lord. And I know that Jesus said, be holy for I am holy. But I also understand grace. And I also understand what Romans 8 and 1 says, I think it's 8 and 1, either 6 and 1 or 8 and 1, where it says, should we continue in sin, that grace that much more abound, God forbid. In other words, no, we should not continue sinning so we have grace. Mm -hmm. But grace is still there. Mm -hmm. And because grace is still there, and his mercy is still there, I'm not definitive to be able to say that if you die right then, hell is your portion. I am definitive to say I'm not willing to take that chance because my day of grace may have run out. But that notwithstanding, sin aside, what I've taught with them is I've talked to them about this concept that no longer is taught in churches. At least I haven't heard it in a long, 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 long time. Somebody may be in a church that has heard it just last week, Bob. So I'm saying from my experience, I ain't heard it in a long, 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 long time. This concept of soul ties. The big deal with sex, period, especially sex before marriage, aside from sin, is your soul tie. Mm -hmm. The thing that you can't see, I called it in in in. The series, I called it a spiritual STD. Mm -hmm. A demonically transmitted disease. I now, because I have had sex with you, I've taken on some spiritual things that you have that now I'm infected with. Mm -hmm. And vice versa. I'm not talking about the thing that they, that they teach you in health class where if you sleep with someone, you're sleeping with every person that person ever slept with. I'm and not dealing with that part. Every person they've ever... Oh, sorry, sorry. And, but that's what they say. Right. But in essence, it's true spiritually. Mm -hmm. You take on 
their spirit or attributes of their spirit and every spirit that they have acquired throughout the course of their life while they're giving it to you mm-hmm. and vice versa. And what I did was I used Love and Hip Hop Atlanta and I used Mimi and, and Stevie J mm-hmm. and Jocelyn. Mm-hmm. And the reason there, there was this love triangle is because they had soul ties they could not break. Mimi, a strong, independent black woman. She was an entrepreneur. She was about her business. She wasn't all that ghetto. She had things that she had wanted to do. She had goals and she was a good mother. But somehow or another, she kept letting this fool Stevie J back in her life. Mm-hmm. No matter what he did to her, no matter how much he threw Jocelyn in her face, no matter what he hit, no matter what stupid thing he did, no matter how angry with her with him he, she was, mm-hmm. She couldn't get rid of him Mm-mm. because she didn't want to because she was bound to him. Mm-hmm. Stevie J kept trying to get her back because he was bound to her. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, bound to Jocelyn who can't get rid of this no good producer who ain't giving her an album ever. Mm-hmm. All the promises and no product. He, she sees him trying to actively get Mimi back and yet stays because she's bound to him. He can't leave Jocelyn alone as crazy as her ignorant behind was because she's bound to him. And if you look at them personality-wise, you will see absolute traits that are common to all three. I don't know who is Agent Zero. Mm -hmm. I just know they're all common Mm -hmm. because of soul ties. Mm. So... You can have sex with somebody as a one night stand and them literally spiritually stay with you forever. Unless you get delivered of it. Mm-hmm. Because you decided, I want to have some good five minute sex. Five if you lucky. Sorry, sorry. Sorry. And we ain't going to deal with the kid aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Which sometimes takes a minute and a half. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Freddie. <laughs> the shade hey, of it all. Hey, I had to toss one in. I had to toss one in. It was a hole too. Hole too. Part of that was put, was putting the fake condom on with the hole in it. Anyhow, so um, those things are 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 what the big deal is. And aside from those things, aside from the soul tie, so now you've experienced this. What happens now if it's not everything you wanted? Are you willing to be a teacher? Mm-hmm. What if it blows your mind, but y'all don't work out? Mm-hmm. Now, every other person you have, you're with, you're comparing to them. Or you're stalking them. Um, I, had, I had an incident um, where I was engaged with someone, and it did not work out. And... This person, after we broke up, proceeded to stalk me. <laughs> um, they hated me, but they still took the time, and I mean actively. I mean, like, I had to get a, re- a restraining order um, to the point where the judge was like, are you serious? Are you crazy? And gave me a five-year restraining order right out of the gate um, because I was told that he wanted to break up with me, but he did not want to break up with her. 
<laughs> These are things that you risk when you have sex before marriage. So I heard, I, I, I think it was um, Pastor Snokey Norfolk who said this. Who was talking about how idiotic we are in this day and age where we think it is okay to test it before you buy it. Because mm-hmm. we always say, why why get, why get, should he buy, buy the cow when he can get the milk for free? Yeah, yeah. So we're going to use this whole product reference. He was talking about watermelon, so that's what his thing was. Mm-hmm. What rest, what grocery store is it? Uh, have you ever been that it's acceptable to go into the store, go to the produce section, cut you a piece of the watermelon off, bite it, chew it, swallow it, taste it, see if it's good, and they're like, you know what? That was not good. I'm gonna go try another one. How long for you get? How long oh do you think you gonna get arrested? That's that horrible that's trend exactly that's going I was, around. I was on my uh. way there. You jumped ahead. I was on my way there. Sorry. For as outraged as people have been over the young girl who stupidly started a trend, where this ignorant dude, and I think he was in Texas, got arrested for it. I hope they lock us behind up. They should nasty. Uh, they're going in grocery stores and taking off the top of ice cream and licking it and putting it back. Mm. That's what you're doing when you have sex before marriage. So next time you decide you're going to have sex with somebody before, you, before y'all get married, and you know, and you ain't sure whether y'all, even if you think you're going to get married, think about that girl licking that ice cream mm. and putting it back. Mm. Whose ice cream you licking and who's licked your ice cream? Mm. I just saw one even more disgusting today. <laughs> oh, no. Like, this is a trend. I don't even know why this is a trend now. What is wrong with nasty people? This guy was in a, 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 I don't know, a Walmart, maybe a grocery store, and he opened up a bottle of mouthwash, which is the dumbest thing ever because we all know that if that seal is broken on that mouthwash, you mm-hmm. shouldn't be But he gargled with it, and he spit it back in a bottle, and he set it on the shelf. And I'm like, what in the... See, see, you know what? You nasty. But this is what people are doing, and this is what, and this is the big deal with sex mm. before marriage as well. This is what happens. This is the mentality that goes into it. This is the thought process that goes into it. This is the stuff that we do, Mm. and then say, "But what's the big deal?" Mm. Well, if you don't want nobody licking your ice cream and then handing it to you. Don't lick theirs. Mm-hmm. Until you own it, don't lick it. Stop trying it. Mm. Not only will I use that one, but here's the other big deal. The other big deal, and I understand that what my wife was saying, that, that sexual compatibility is important. Mm-hmm. But here's what sex before marriage often stops. Which is why it's a big deal. Stops communication. Mm-hmm. Why do we need to use the small bit of time we got together? Because we ain't living together. And if we are living together, we ain't trying to talk right now. Why should we use the small bit of time we have to talk when we could be screwing? Mm-hmm. And so now, once again, I'm not getting to know you. You're not getting to know me. We know each other physically. But I don't know your hopes, your dreams, your goals. And I understand what some females are going to say because I have I have counseled a whole lot of young women in the course of my lifetime. Counsel, I'm not talking about sleep with. That is not a euphemism. Mm-hmm. I literally mean I have counseled them in the dealings with the young people, with the young men that they were thinking about dealing with or whatever. 
they've all made the same dumb statement. What happens if when we get married, the D is bad? Or what if it's too small? Or what if I don't like it? How won't I know until I, until I see it and try it? Well, what my retort is always something no one ever wants to hear. When's the last time you asked God about it? I teach people this. Matter of fact, here what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come right back. I'll, I'll tell you what I do right before we go into our last segment. We'll be right back. Melodies from the Heart, the first official EP by Jesse Jones. Download your copy now from iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever music is downloaded. If you love love, make sure to pick up your copy of Melodies from the Heart by Jesse Jones. I promise you, you'll love it. And we back, we back, we back. Okay, so (laughs) we're talking about sex. Um, in case you're just joining us, I don't know how you would be, but you can, you know, you, you, you're able to just listen to segments Come or whatever. Let's chat. Um, so we're talking about sex. And so here is what I have. I, I made the statement before we went to break, um, that I have counseled a lot of, a lot of young ladies as they were getting ready to deal with their, with some young man and they're thinking about sex. And I've, they asked the question, you know, well, if I, if I, if we don't have sex before we get married. How would I know I like it? What if he's too small? What if his D sucks? All that type of stuff. And I made the statement. I said, my retort is always, did you ask God about it? So what I've always taught y'all, especially young women, because my I, I like to empower young women. Yeah, I know I'm not. I'm a dude. I'm supposed to be all about the brother. But still, I understand that in this aspect, women are at a disadvantage. I talk to young men about it when they'll listen, but I mostly deal with young women about it because they're at this disadvantage. I say, listen, the 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 cliche is to make a is to make a list sometimes too. Any people people will teach you when you're thinking when you're thinking about what you want, make a list of all the pros and all the cons. So when you're dealing with a relationship, when you want when you're talking about what you want in a man, write down what you want and write down what you don't want. And here's the problem. Anytime I've ever seen one of these lists, it is the most shallow list I've ever seen in my life. And I don't mean shallow because of the content. I mean shallow because of the depth. Someone will have, I want a man who's romantic. Well, please tell me what in God's name is romantic to you. Because to the dude, romance may be we sitting on the couch watching the game together. Your idea of romance may be a walk in the park and, and every so often he come, when you come home, he's got a trail of rose petals leading from the door to the bed and he's got dinner already cooked. There's a candlelight dinner and, and oh, this wonderful, passionate night. But that ain't romance to him. And all you did was you put, I want romance. God is a God of specificity. He wants you to be specific. Otherwise, you just get what you ask for. 
Bill Cosby, and I know we ain't supposed to talk about Dr. Cosby because of all the garbage he did, but in one of his specials uh, called Bill Cosby himself, he talked about that where he and his wife, they asked, all they did was ask for a child. They wanted the child to be healthy, and they wanted a child. They asked about gender, nothing else like that. And he said, what we got was a wonderful surprise because they learned that God loves to play practical jokes. And so the brain damaged, figuratively, not literally, children that they received as a result of just simply asking for a healthy child and not a child who had common sense, not a child who understood how to, how life went, not a child who was obedient. None of those things they asked for. They got all kinds of hell they had to deal with. Same thing in your list. You saying I want a man who's romantic, but you ain't say what's romantic to you because truth be told, you don't even know what's romantic to you. You you write that you you don't even want to write that on your list anything about sex, but you want to make sure you try it. So you don't even talk about sex on your list. I want a man whose sex drive matches mine and outline what your sex drive is. You don't you don't want to talk about a man who what what the, what, the, what his size is that you think you can that you can handle or not. You don't want to deal with none of that. So therefore, when you get this man, you may or may not get something leading to your expectations. But if you had taken the time ahead of time, talking to all my Christian folk, because all the folk who ain't Christian who listen to this think I'm crazy, to write this down in detail, what you want specifically, and then begin to go to God about it, as well as write down what you don't want specifically. I don't want no little D-man. I don't want no man who can only last 30 seconds. These are my deal breakers. Write those things down. When God begins to craft and mold who he has for you, he takes into consideration the things that you want. For the Bible says he will give you the desires of your heart if you first delight yourself in him. You then begin to be packaged with somebody who you love and who works for you. Now watch this. This real talk. I'm about to put my wife on the spot on real talk. And get her real honest reaction, positive or negative. Don't do it. Sure am. This is real talk. So, hey, it is what it is. I am physically not who my wife wanted until you hear her story about what she wrote down to God. I am everything. She needed and wrote down. Am I lying, baby? Nope. Watch this. When we do engage, am I all right to your expectations? I mean, we we've been married nine, almost nine years now. Uh, <laughs> I need you to know the oh, I need sorry, to know the number. We've been married almost nine years now. I mean, it 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 is what I expect it to be. Let me ask that again, because that, that answered my question. So let me let's, let's let's back away from the from the time frame of marriage. This let's is go not, into this the first. This is not a conversation that I have with other people. It's real talk. You decide to be on real talk. See, 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 see the, the same right talk. Okay. It's real talk. And so let's move away from the length of time when we first got married. Mm-hmm. When we engaged, was it not? I'll give myself a seven, which is a C in terms of grade point average on a scale of one to ten, which is average. 
part of the nigga. I don't care what you answer. That's what you answer. I mean, it was <laughs> it was before we got married. It was far more than what I expected. I was, it to be. I was getting to the. I was getting to the before we got married. But go ahead, since you oh, did. No, 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 since you did, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, it was. It was far more than what I expected. Mm-hmm. Like I, I really, to be honest with you, I was like, oh, look at the cute little church boy. And if you could like see my little expression, you understand. If you know me, I'm like, oh, look at the good church boy. I'm going to taint your whole entire world. <laughs> so she thought. So I thought. So I thought. But now, no, no. Climbing walls and everything, trying to run. He, he, he came with it. He came with it. Not to say that's why we got married. That is not why we got married. And so my point in bringing that up is, when you approach God with what you want, you get what you want. The Bible says, delight yourself in him, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Once he gives it to you, your job is to maintain it. Mm-hmm. We didn't do it all the way right. This is real talk. We did not. I'll hold nothing back. We didn't do it all the way right. Yes. We, we had sex before marriage. I'll say it before she said. So y'all know it's okay to say. Because, oh my God, they're, they're about to have a, a fight, an argument on what they're talking about on real talk. Oh my God. Nah. No, no we just we, telling the truth. No, we we did. We had sex before marriage, and, and a bunch and of for it. those of you be like, "Oh my God, you're such a hypocrite." No, I. When it comes to me and my salvation, mm-hmm. I'm a very realistic person. Like from the time that I got saved at 19, up until the time, up until now, um, I'm a very realistic person about what I do, how God feels about it, and what can be my portion. What's my destination? What can be my outcome? So, yes, I for, for those who be like, but you just said you go ahead if you fornicate. And if I got into a car accident, it would not have been a shock to me. If I had somebody robbed, walked up behind me, trying to rob me, and blew my brains out, it would not have been a shock to me. I'd be like, oh, well, eh, here's what it is. <laughs> This turned morbid real quick, didn't it, y'all? Yeah, it did. Sorry. <laughs> you went from sorry. sex to death. Lord have mercy. Yeah, yeah, sorry. But it, this, I'm realistic. I've always been realistic about right and wrong and how what God hates and what he what he d- takes pleasure in. I've been all I've been I'm always honest with myself. Not that I'm out there judging other people. Cause hey, you're gonna do what you gotta do. And the reality is, all of us not gonna make it in. <laughs> We want everyone to make it in. I was going to say, that sounded like you said, y'all go to hell, I ain't going. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm just like... saying, no, we want everyone <laughs> to make it in. It is my desire that I see all of my friends and family and loved ones. Um, and people I don't even know. But like, hey, remember that time we bumped each other at the grocery store? This bump, we made it in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the reality is we all not going to make it in. That, But that's me. That's my, that's my view of it all. So here's the thing with me, because I know y'all about, oh my God, the man, the man of God, the pastor, he's a hypocrite too, the Lord Jesus. Knew? Who knew? There's this wonderful thing that is called teaching people how not to make the same mistakes you did. Yep. Just because I fell in the pothole don't mean you need to fall into it, especially if I have the wisdom enough to help you understand how not to fall into the pothole. See that right there? That's a pothole. What? 
sex before marriage, once again, I cannot emphasize this enough, is sin. Yes, fornication is sin. Yes, sin fornication is sin. Yes, fornication is sin. Yes, fornication is sin. For all of y'all who don't know how to listen, I to say it a million times, just so y'all can't walk away from this podcast saying, the man of God said we can go have sex. What kind of man of God is he? And the rest of y'all can't be like, oh, he said we can go have sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, none of that. Fornication is sin. What I'm trying to help you to understand, however, is if you do this thing the right way, what you desire can be given to you. The reason that sex before marriage ultimately is a big deal is because it directly slaps in the face of what God said he wants for you. Now, after you get past whether it's good or bad, whether her stuff is tight or not, whether his stuff is big or not, whether they can, whether y'all can break backboards and blow and blow each other's backs out and knock down walls and destroy mattresses and hotel that's, rooms, that's, all that's that stuff. A lot. That's a lot. When you get past all that garbage, the reality of it being a big deal or not is it spits in the face of what God wants for you. He designed this. So that one man and one woman, one man and one woman, and since we're in 2019, natural born with all their factory parts, I won't deal with the enhancements that some folk got, but I'm talking about the the ones that you're changing out. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm trying to do this the PG nice way, only so I can make sure I keep this podcast for a little while longer. I'm already teetering on a line. It is designed for that one man, one woman, be able to engage in marital congress, coitus, sex, bumping uglies, happy horizontal poking, the happy styles my wife just said, foaming at the mouth, as she said earlier in this hey, podcast. Hey. Hashtag foam. If you hear this podcast and share this, do me a favor. Make sure you put <laughs> hashtag foaming at the mouth. <laughs> Just so we know you watch you listen to this podcast. Uh, that she ain't never gonna let that one out. Probably uh, not. Aside from all of that, it slaps in the face of what God wants. Satan's entire thought process, his entire agenda, is to create an alternate counterfeit option to what God has presented. God says marriage, sex and marriage. Satan says sex is so good, why wait? God says marriage is between one man and one woman. Satan says marriage for everybody. Who you want, when you want, how you want. God says one to one. Satan says polygamy. God says, in the confines of this relationship, Satan says, however you want to do it. Everything that he presents is a counterfeit option that, watch this, if you think about it long enough, sounds a whole lot more appealing than what God gives. Threesome? To the average dude? Two chicks and a dude? Is heaven for for most dudes. That's what God said, one man, one woman. 
he presents an alternative. It's his job. So ultimately the big deal is, if nothing else you've heard, you slap it in the face of God. And trust me, when you spit in somebody's face, you should expect to get punched. Spit in God's face, he know how to punch too. That's all I'm saying. So this whole, but what I believe we need to do as the body of Christ, I don't think we're going to be able to get to the last thing I wanted to get to, the whole roles thing. We may have to say that for another day. Maybe. Besides, we already teetering in, in the midst of this one as is. Um, hey, hey, I'm fine. Except for the phone thing. No, hashtag phone from the mouth. But I'm talking about I'm talking <laughs> about our wonderful host in Anchor and, oh. and, and all the other uh, places they have given us access to be able to have this podcast heard on. Gotcha. I'm trying to make sure we keep them too. Um, so we they may only be able to hold so much of this in one podcast. Gotcha. Um, it is. It is. It, I, I lost my train of thought. Make sure went that going that far. Going going with all that. Oh, so what I believe we need to do, that's what I was getting at. What I believe we as the body of Christ need to start doing is we need to start educating our children properly about sex. Because if all the church teaches is abstinence, 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 I'm not saying abstinence is wrong. But if all we ever teach is abstinence and sex ain't good, sex ain't good, you are damaging your children and you're not teaching them a full story. And you're leaving room enough for Satan to come in and entice them with the forbidden fruit. Nothing wrong with sex. It's designed to feel good. Toe curling, legs shaking, eyes roll on the back of your head, pass out, sweaty, hot, good time. It's designed to be that way. But just like driving, it's only authorized under the absolute right circumstance you're not allowed to drive at 14 years old you need to have a license mm -hmm. your license for sex is marriage teaching anything to our children but is how you mess them up how you give them stigmas and phobias about sex we haven't even gotten into some of the things that I was thinking about going into in terms of, excuse me, incompatible sexual uh, sex drives and how you have to deal with that. We haven't even gotten into something I heard Kevin Sage and his wife talk about their Love Hour podcast when they began to talk about the, the, the different mentalities going into sex, about how people think about sex when they have two completely different backgrounds. Because mm -hmm. when you come from a super churchy background, all you hear is sex is evil. And so now you get married, you can have all the sex you want, but you're, oh no, I want to try, I want to do it, kid. You, you put my tongue on it. You. Mm -hmm. When the Lord said it was good, hallelujah. The Bible says that the bedroom of the married couple is under fire before the Lord. So go ahead. Take your taste. You can take that how you want to. Take mm. your taste. It's all right. Hallelujah. Mm. Oh, taste and see that the Lord's pleasures are good. <laughs> Anyhow. All right. <laughs> I, listen, it's real talk. Uh, but we need to teach our children that we need to understand the purpose behind it so that we can utilize it in its correct fashion form. So we don't wind up having to deal with questions forever like, What's the big deal if I have sex before marriage or is living together a sin or 
Uh, is it necessary to live with someone just to get to know them? These questions, and I appreciate my mentee for asking them. I know she wasn't asking for her because she's been in our class before, but she, but I understand why she asked them and, and the people that she's around and she may want to share this with so that they can hear from a different kind of voice and perspective. We are messing people up with this. And our, our downfall, especially in this country, has been because of sex. We're doing everything and anything we want to with it now just because we don't understand its purpose. Mm. Because, ooh, what's the big deal? Ooh, if I do, what's the big deal? I just, I just gotta put the tip in. What's the big deal? If it's just one time, what's the big deal? It's a whole lot that's a big deal. Outside of the confines of what it's supposed to be. Because you're scared that you serve a God that can't give you something pleasurable to you. Mm -hmm. How stupid is that? Anyhow, we're going we gonna to come right back. This is not going to be a commercial break. It's just going to be a quick pause. We're going we gonna to come right back. and We're going to hit our last segment, Real Talk Banter. Hope you've enjoyed so far. Stick with us for our last say. We'll be right back. All right, all right. We back, we back with the last segment. Real Talk Banter. Now, normally at this time, we do a segment I call Keep One. We gonna still do a Keep One. I got a nice little Keep One at the end. But for this Real Talk Banter, before we got to Keep One, I wanted to try something different. I wanted to try a thing I'm, gonna, I'm calling Rank Em. And what Rank Em is gonna be is I'm taking still four items, four people, four whatever, and we're going to rank them in our order of for, for what is the best to what is not out of those four in reverse order. So we're still going to go with the fourth best, third best, second best, who's best, that type of thing. And I even, I, I even so that my wife would have some time to process this ahead of time. Didn't want, I didn't think a rankum type category was something that could be just uh, sprung upon you. Wanted you to be able to, Think about a little bit. So we're going to go ahead and rank them. The first thing we're going to rank, we're going to rank who's the better actor. Hold on one second. Let me pull out my list. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, in, I'm multitasking. Mm-hmm. I'm, bo- I'm boring my wife so much right now with this podcast. She is gaming. Uh, uh, I game through everything. Um, she is laying down and gaming. But the actors that are on the list that we get to, that we're going to rank, Samuel Jackson, Denzel Washington, Will Smith, Morgan Freeman. I just realized you texted me Denzel Jackson. Oh, well, hey. <laughs> you know who I meant. He's Denzel. You say Denzel, everybody know who Denzel is. So, who was number four for you? Who was the fourth best actor on this list um, for you? So, for me, the fourth best actor on this list would actually be Morgan Freeman. Interesting. How come? Um... Out of the three, and I go by um, what I look for in an actor and their abilities and range and character. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, Morgan Freeman, he I, he will always be somebody's grandfather-ish, uh, old, wise, God kind of character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even though he's an atheist, let's just clear that up, people. Which is interesting. Yes, more than free. It's synonymous now with God, and he is an atheist. As a matter of fact, he even has a show which yep. I've watched 
where he t- tries to uh, disprove God, disprove God, and actually brings people's valid points for God to light. Are you being delicious? I guess so. Um, he actually brings points for God being real in different people's lives. Anyway, but he's an atheist. But yeah, so Morgan Freeman is my number four. Interesting, because he's also my number four. Morgan Freeman is my number four. And here's why Morgan Freeman is my number four. I don't think he's that good of an actor. I think he just has longevity. Don't get me wrong. I know some people are going to, the people are going here, some people are going to jump down my throat. Oh my God, Morgan Freeman's a phenomenal actor. I'm not saying he's not a phenomenal actor. I don't think he's that good of an actor compared to the other people on this list. Mm. He just has longevity. But prior to, like, like I should even say prior to, there's really only legitimately a few Morgan Freeman movies people can reference. Mm-hmm. And for me, Morgan Freeman didn't jump on the scene for me until he played the iconic uh, Joe Jackson, Mr. Jackson. They used to call him Batman. They used to call him Crazy Joe, but now they can call him Batman. Jump! You smoke crack, don't you? Jump! Well, if you don't kill yourself, I say, don't around with it. Do it expeditiously. Jump! Lean on me. One of my favorite movies. Love that movie. Love Fair East Side. By that side, he will stand and always praise thy name. The enemy is here. The enemy is here. Lock the doors. Great movie. Love that movie. But he jumped on the scene for me at that. And then after that, I can't remember too many movies he was in until Bruce Almighty when he became God. Mm. And do you understand that was a lot? I think that was almost 20 years mm. in between the time. 15 to 20 years, somewhere around there in between Lean On Me and Bruce Almighty. It was a good gap of time. And he had done some other stuff. And I couldn't tell you one movie he was in between them. He's I don't have a whole lot of Morgan Freeman uh, uh, favorites. I don't have a whole lot of Morgan Freeman stuff I like. Really, mm-hmm. there's. I, I really didn't even like Bruce Almighty all that much. I just thought it was interesting that they allowed a black man to play God. Mm-hmm. Um, love, love, uh, lean on me. Another reason why people should be ticked off about this whole mermaid thing. But anyway, Wait. go ahead. <laughs> another podcast. Another podcast. <laughs> I'm about to say, please don't twist me now, because we, we 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 can go a whole of forty five minutes with that one alone, because that's ridiculous in itself. Um, but yeah, Morgan Freeman is. He's he's just he's just Morgan Freeman. He's he, love to hear his voice. He's got a wonderful, iconic kind of a, um, what's his name? Um, um, James Earl Jones type voice. But mm. other than that, eh. Who number three for you? Okay, so number three for me would be Will Smith. Okay, why Smith? Um, because from his varying because of his varying range. Okay, so I I know I know. The, the iconic Fresh Prince of Bel Air, where why he don't love me sing. Oh, <laughs> why he love me? Uh, just beautiful, just beautiful. But from that to his, and I I know Vega Vance is one of his Pleasure Academy Award. Mm-hmm. Up, yeah, but I, I've never seen. I I was like, eh, okay, but I saw it. And I didn't make it through it. Let me be honest, which I kind of fell asleep on it. So, um. But, uh, come on, the movie with his son in the bathroom, Pursuit oh, of Happiness. Yeah. The between Pursuit of Happiness and roles like Hitch, <laughs> the slow clap was hard. Right, 
And Rose like Hitch, he has range. Independence Day, he has range. Mm-hmm. Uh, even including the awful ver- version of Wild Wild West. Awful. Awful movie. <laughs> but he has range. So I will give him, he is my number three. This is where we part ways. Okay. As much as I love him, Sam Jackson's my number three. See, I was I was thinking about making him my number three. I just kidding, my heart. Say, I love Sam Jackson. Got a lot of Sam Jackson movies. I love. Him. He is, he he is a hard worker. And haven't watched his Breakfast Club interview. If you haven't watched that interview, watch that interview. Sam Jackson's amazing in that interview on the Breakfast Club. Uh, haven't listened to that interview. He was just full of so much wisdom and information and just. Just a lot cooler than than you probably could ever imagine. He already comes off cool, but he just looks so much cooler even in that. But the reason he's number three for me is I look at him, Denzel, and, and Will, and his range just doesn't hold up. Now, huh? it's interesting because he did Broadway. And only him and Denzel <coughs> have ever done Broadway. Ever done Broadway. I'm not sure that if Morgan has done it, but I know Will hasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you would think that would give him more range, but mm-hmm. holding up the things that I've seen in his all of his movies, I've seen a ton of Sam Jackson movies. Mm-hmm. I never don't think it's Sam. Mm-hmm. Like I can only, I can't even think of the name of the movie, but there's one movie where he was wearing a kilt as a cop. No, I'm sorry, he was a drug dealer, wore a kilt, a mm. chemist. Mm-hmm. And that's the only movie I could think of that I really wasn't thinking it was Sam. He just, it, he felt like the character as opposed to Sam Jackson playing a role. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the fact he's able to change himself up for every role. He doesn't look too much the same for the different roles he plays. Mm-hmm. But it's always Sam. And it doesn't matter what the movie is, I'm always waiting for, waiting for him to drop the F-bomb. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is my it is my pop line. I'm waiting on it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, he just he's like the Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Because I'm a huge wrestling fan, I'm always waiting for that one moment where he stops being Dwayne in the movie and becomes the Rock and has a Rock type monologue. Mm-hmm. Those who are wrestling fans who know the Rock, you know what I'm talking about. I wait for that f bomb for for Sam. He just that's just him. So I look at I look at that and I'm like, mm. he he just, he just doesn't stack up to Will and, and Denzel to me. Your number two, I'm gonna assume. I'm gonna assume would then be would would then be Sam. It actually is Sam. So I, I for me, Sam goes back to uh do the right thing when he was a drug addict to I saw that movie, didn't even remember he was in it. Y- yeah. I remember that role in that. And uh, he has he has basically and I think it was his Breakfast Club interview that really made me want to go back and look at his history. Mm-hmm. So from that to uh, Black Snake Moan. Wonderful movie. Yeah, to um, his character in, uh, come on, Jamie Foxx. Oh, Django. Django. Um, and, and really looking at his range. And I looked at him and I was like, wow, you pretty much are the same. Well, what else you got? Because he said he did Broadway, and I was actually able to find a couple of clips on YouTube of him on Broadway. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I didn't even feel an F-bomb coming. Wow, you do have range. And I know, I don't, here go, I'm about to offend the brethren. I know, I know, y'all think that cuss words are the four-letter words or the 
what is it, ten words, seven words, you can't seven say. Seven words you can't say until it's about your Right, problem. that mm-hmm. these are all curse words. We'll get into words at another time. Um, that's another broadcast. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I look forward to those F-bombs. It's not Sam Jackson. <laughs> if, if he goes 15, 20 minutes into a movie and there's no F-bombs dropping, I ain't here for it. <laughs> this is iconic Samuel L. Jackson. Matter of fact, he does it to the point where you don't even notice and you're not even shocked when he does it. He said that a whole Breakfast Club interview and it took them a while to be like, you've been dropping F-bombs this whole time. And our sensors don't even catch it. Like, you just expect it to happen. Like, you're just waiting on it. You, like, if you see Beyonce in a movie and she don't sing, mm-hmm. God, why are you there? Come on, let's just be honest. Y'all are waiting on The Lion King because you want to hear a little Nala Lion, all her little furriness, Beyonce singing voice come out of her mouth. Let's just be honest. Beyonce got sing in a movie. It, it, when I saw Obsessed and she didn't sing, I was like, that's because you probably didn't see the, her, her not singing in the Austin Powers movie she was in. Uh, no, I saw it. And then I oh, was, the Pink Panther movie she was in. Yeah, and I was like, eh, <laughs> she's okay. Maybe she's still growing as an actress. Mm, okay. We'll give her that. Yeah, she's still growing as an actress. Hey, look, the beehive ain't gonna come for me. Uh, <laughs> I ain't scared of them niggas. <laughs> um, but no, uh, she's... There's still room for growth there. Let's just be honest. We look if we see Beyonce in a movie, she better be. It better be some Dream Girls. <laughs> Beyonce is a Cadillac Records. Beyonce is a modern day Elvis. Yeah, yeah. But you know the reason they had Elvis sing because he can't act. They said he couldn't read either. But we ain't gonna get into that. Mm. Um, it 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 is. It should be obvious that that Will Smith is gonna be my number two. I'm not allowed to put him at number one. Um. Will Smith is just phenomenal. I'm a Will Smith head. My my wife will tell you I'm a Will Smith head. Like to her disdain. No. I think Will Smith is, I, I is think... an underrated uh legend in the hip hop game. See, there's where the disdain comes in at. At me if you want to. His credentials speak for themselves. His his legendary sales speak for themselves. Him opening the door for hip hop people to be mainstream speaks for itself. It just does. I don't care how you feel, it just does. I am a Will Smith head. I will defend Will Smith to the hilt. At me. Let's go. Let's do it. Um, and his acting, I watched him mature on The Fresh Prince. Mm-hmm. Where he started off just really playing a television version of his rap persona, The Fresh Prince. Mm-hmm. But I watched how serious he took the craft. Mm-hmm. And he learned. And he grew. And his monologues got better. His acting got better. And his, his over-the-topness got better. It became in fit and he became a great comedic actor and then he broke out with Legend of Vagabonds which I never saw because I just never had an interest in it. I didn't know he played gay in the movie. I just Right, did, I just I just had I don't want I don't need to see a movie about a about a girlfriend as caddy. I just doesn't interest me. So I never saw it, but I saw the effect of having been in that movie when he came back for the next season of Fresh Prince. Mm-hmm. And how that grew. And yes, I was paying attention people who Russell will tell you, my boy Rutt will tell you. I paid attention to stuff like that even when I was a kid. 
and then he broke out with Independence Day, and then he became Mr. Box Office, he became Mr. Fourth of July, he became Mr. Summer. Like, you look forward to a Will Smith movie every summer. And yeah, there was Wild Wild West, which everybody craps on, but it wasn't really that bad of a movie. It was a horrible plot. It was horrible writing, but what you cannot say is Will Smith was horrible in it. Mm-hmm. Say whatever bad you want about that movie, you cannot say that William Smith was bad in it. And so I watched him just grow. Dude can do whatever. He can give you drama, pursuit of happiness. He can give you action, I am legend, I robot. He can give you comedy, fresh prince. He can get, what can what can he not do? He goes to whatever you want him to go to. And he has a bunch of other movies that people probably forgot. He played alongside Dennis Hopper in his wonderful movie about technology. I can't remember the name without the top of my head right now. Um, uh, 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 I think it's uh, Enemy of the State. That's what it's called. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was phenomenal in that movie. Will Smith has had some bangers. He is a great actor. And I will say this on record. It's on wax. I'm saying it right now. Will Smith is arguably the greatest actor of our generation. My number one, your number one, technically is not our generation. How so? He was doing movies and stuff long before us. Dennis has been in the game a long time. Mm-hmm. He People don't think he has because he don't look old. Denzel has been in the game a long time. Den- same Denzel. Okay, let me. You, you know a little bit about basketball because you're you're a Chicago person. You love Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan's our era. Mm-hmm. Magic Johnson's not. Mm-hmm. We still got to watch Magic Johnson play. Mm-hmm. He wasn't our era. He was the era before ours. Okay. We're getting to watch LeBron James play. He's not our era. Right. He's two eras away. Kobe's in the middle of that. Okay. That's Denzel. We still get the benefit of watching his greatness. He's just not in our era. So if you remove Denzel away because he's not in our era, who's better than Will Smith? I challenge you to find me an actor better than Will Smith. Tom Cruise ain't better. Brad Pitt ain't better. Mm-mm. No. And they've done some bangers. Uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio ain't better. And they've done some bangers. They're not better than Will Smith. Okay. Of course, number one. So then we, we both equally agree. Denzel, of course. How can Denzel? It is Denzel. The standard. Oh, come on. Like, if he ain't on you. That's why I looked at the list at first. And I'm like, how do you even have a list? And it's yeah. Denzel's on it. I'm like, seriously? I gotta, like, throw you, I gotta throw you an easy one before we go into the deep. But we go into, come on, The Preacher's Wife, Mo Better Blues, Training Day, American Gangster. Uh, oh, what's the one that we saw? Uh, Equalizer, Equalizer 2. Uh, uh, no, the one that's based off of Raising in the Sun. Fences. Fences, yeah, yeah. Dude does it. <laughs> Oh. And if you have not sat down in one day and if you have not seen them all, you need to barricade yourself in the house one weekend and have a Denzel marathon. Just go ahead and just get you some snacks. Uber eat some 
Delivery food services. I don't know if we can say their name. I just thought we can, about we it. We can say them. I mean, hey, hey, give us some free ads. Hey, uh, hey, <laughs> we'll take some credits in our account. That is uh, Jesse Jones. I'll take a sponsorship. Forget your credits. <laughs> I, don't need your, I don't need your horrible credits for stuff y'all. Never mind. I get, give, me, give me some sponsorship. That's what I'm going <laughs> to I'm, I'm in the business game now. Sponsor me. <laughs> but yeah, just barricade yourself in the house and just have you... A Denzel, look, if you really want to know the character of the man that you are about to marry or the woman you're really? about to marry. Don't you do this. <laughs> don't Sit you do down. This. Don't you do this. And barricade yourself in and have a Denzel marathon. Don't you do this. <laughs> you will ruin your relationship comparing your man to Denzel. Don't you do this. There's only one Denzel. You, I promise you, your man ain't going to stack up to Denzel. I don't stack up to Denzel Washington, okay? Don't you do it. Denzel is the greatest actor alive. I have never, and I listen, to know Jesse Jones outside of ministry, I love movies. I watch movies. I study movies. My wife has watched me mimic facial expressions and mannerisms, he and does. I will repeat lines, and I will. It, it's. It, I'm. I'm studying them. I study the craft. I'm not good enough to do it, but I'm good enough to study it. Denzel is the greatest act. He. He doesn't uh, just make you forget that he's the that he's Denzel and make you believe he's the character. He, is. he pulls you in. And get you emotionally invested in. Oh my God. I was in tears. I was bawling by the end of the movie. Like before he even got to the scene. And I won't spoil it for you if you ain't seen it. Spoil it. Man, you know how old John Q is. You better go ahead and spoil it. Somebody may have lived under a rock. Then Uh, then, hey. That's fault. That's your fault. I ain't got nothing to do with your rock. Go ahead and spoil it. So when he was sitting up there. And he was constantly. You saw it visually in his eyes. Like it's a subtle micro expressions. Yes. That that's my my new term. I look for micro express yes, and I also look for micro expressions in the dance ministry as well. Anyway, well, I won't tell you how many of y'all are horrible dancers. But anyway. Wow. <laughs> you talking about my, I'm throwing shade. Um at Freddie two minutes. Go <laughs> but micro expressions before he took his life to save his son. I was like, no, I know where this is going. They'll do it, but then again, if it was my choice, I'd do it too. <sighs> I wish y'all could see all this goofy happening right now that I'm looking at. Yeah. I married this, y'all. I married this. <laughs> but that's De- Denzel. He he brings you in. He draws you in. He makes you emotionally, mentally invested in whatever he does. I felt the intensity when he was talking to his son and raising the son when he when he did the same monologue that James Earl Jones did mm. and did it just as good. You know how hard it is to match James Earl Jones on the stage and yes. he did it? I, man, I like, do I like you? Boy, I ain't got to like you. And the way he just emanated that part mm. and then the shift that he made when everybody was like oh he's the nice guy Will Smith he's the nice guy How training you doing? day he's the nice guy and it came out and did training day and reminded you oh. I can do whatever I want and people started thinking is Denzel a thug the whole reason that the Wayne Brady skit on 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 the Dave Chappelle show works so well is Wayne Brady gonna have to slap her 
The reason that works so well it's is because training of Denzel and Training Day. We looked at this cat. We said, like, oh, my God, this dude could really be a killer. Then he went back into a bunch of other movies and then came back and said, now watch me be an OG gangster, an American gangster, and <sighs> pulled it off. This dude Seamlessly. is just amazing. His ability to do what he does is incredible. He is the greatest actor alive. Fight me. I will match you movie for movie. Blockbuster and non-blockbuster because he don't do just blockbusters. He does whatever he wants and he is incredible at it. He just emanates whoever it is he's trying to portray. I almost forgot one of my favorite Denzel movies. I got to quote a line from that real quick. I got to. For all of those who remember the Titans. Oh. If you... <laughs> When he told them, listen, if you fumble my ball, I will kick your John Brown hind parts up and down the field, and then you will run a mile. The dude is just amazing. The greatest actor alive. Number one, all time. We agree. Mm-hmm. Now, I guarantee we're probably going to disagree on this. We are. We're going to rank them. Greatest legend. And the list goes as such. We are choosing between Baby Baby Biggest Smalls <laughs> Prince <laughs> Michael Jackson and I ain't got no pock impression so Tupac Two of her favorite versus two of my favorite We're going head to head. Who's your number four? So I was a little perplexed by this list because of the two R&B against the two titans of hip-hop. Uh-huh. Um, like, if Biggie and Pac ain't on your top five list and you're a hip-hop fan, you may have to rethink whether or not you really like hip-hop. Unless you are one of these new school babies of um, this <laughs> Who new haven't school. heard about them. Right. And and then this is just Why some... is a cassette player? Right. <laughs> then I I don't I don't really know what you're doing with your life and um I hope you live long enough to get older and realize the music that you're listening to is trash. Um wow. <laughs> uh, So when you say like the greatest of all times this is my personal greats. Take it how you want. You're just going to okay. rank them. the greatest legend of all time uh from ranking those four. Okay. So, I don't know if I want to come from this my own personal. Like, if I had to be thrown on an island and a list of mm-hmm. stuff I have to start throwing in the ocean to save my life. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, whatever angle you want to attack it at, this is one I'm gonna. I, I you can you can use personal connection, emotion, if you want to. You can use, uh, you can use album sales. You can use. What you what what the uh, the perception of their impact on on music as a whole or their particular genre, mm. however you choose to rank it, all I ask is you got to be consistent. Okay, so if I had to pick a number four, um, then <sighs> I 
and as much as I love his music, um, I, I'm going to say that culturally, um, he probably had the least impact of the four for me. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that's Prince. Interesting. I thought um, Prince would have been your number. Four. I, and this is what I said for this. For me, as far as my carbon cultural footprint, um, because he he in himself, his music is so separate from the other three. Mm-hmm. Like Prince truly is his style of music kind of out stands outside the concept of time for these particular artists. Mm-hmm. Um he was that David Bowie for us. We didn't know how to think about Prince because Prince technically wasn't R&B. Like his music was more of a rock, but we loved him so much that he ended up on the R&B list. Mm -hmm. But that's not originally what he started doing because he didn't want to be confined. If you think about R&B music at the time when Prince came out, we talking uh, um, that that cover of that album where they land on one side in front of the fireplace with the rug with a Jerry curl, a Jerry yes. curl you know. And Prince was like, "No, I'm I'm not gonna give you that. I'm I'm gonna let you know that I love you in the most sexually erotic way possible. This is the sex edition, so don't be shocked. <laughs> this is we probably gonna have another sex edition. So calm calm down, calm down, people." <laughs> But um, uh, he 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 was so he. You can't take Prince home to your mama, no. Cause he he go he and then he might you might do inappropriate things with you him and your mama and it's just inappropriate. It's just lots of inappropriate stuff happening. Yes, y'all pray for yes. my wife. Y'all pray for her. Y'all pray for her. I, sorry, the phone happened and now that and I can't even take it back because he's not gonna delete this out I'm of the sure podcast. Not, I'm not editing it all. <laughs> Real talk, we give it to you raw. Um, but yeah, Prince was so his concept, and he always stood outside the boundaries of what people try to pigeonhole him in. Mm-hmm. Like I was looking at a taping of I think he was in the, We Are the World taping, mm-hmm. and I was looking at him, looking at some of the other performers, <laughs> and him. It was some serious shade being thrown up in there. Um, yeah, he was like, and he was like, and why are you here again? Uh, uh, and I loved him with his shady self, but he was so his, so for me out of the four, I really, I I had to put him last because he's so far out of the concept of the norm. Interesting. I as well, I'm going to shock you with my number four. Okay. Tupac's my number four. Interesting. Now let me clarify. Tupac Shakur, in my opinion, is the greatest rapper of all time. There is no greater than Tupac Shakur. His passion, his lyricism, his storytelling, his venom, his swag, how he did it, this dude, his work ethic. Nobody in hip-hop can touch pop. Nobody. 
nobody. I know there's the whole quote-unquote rivalry Tupac versus Biggie, and I know I get that because it was East Coast, West Coast, and they were the face of that rivalry and all of that. Mm-hmm. And people say Tupac and Biggie are 1A one, are one and 1B. No, they're not. It is one by a long mile of Tupac, and Biggie is a, is a distant two. And he's not even number two on my on my top five. Mm-hmm. Sorry, he ain't. Mm-hmm. Big is three on my top five. So he's even further on my, uh, further away from Pop on mine than 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 he is on anybody. He, if you think Biggie Smalls is a, is better in hip hop as a greater hip hop uh, greater rap artist, greater hip hop artist, I think you're crazy. Which means I think my wife is crazy a whole lot he because does. she puts Biggie. He- he is. And she's absolutely out of her doggone mind. But that's okay. I take that because I still love him. But Pac is number four because if I look at overall impact, mm-hmm. Pac had less impact. Mm-hmm. In life and in death. Mm-hmm. We just finished, and I know we late, watching the uh, watching Unsolved. Uh, the the USA uh, docuseries Docu on murder Biggie Smalls. And you cannot talk about Biggie Smalls' murder without talking about Tupac's murder. Mm-hmm. And I had a thought in the middle of this series. And the thought was, man, I can't say that Pac is a more iconic rapper anymore. I can still think he's better, and I do. Mm-hmm. I can't say he's more iconic anymore. And the reason is, is because there were six months that passed in between Tupac's murder and Biggie's murder. Mm-hmm. There was not a whole lot of public outcry mm-hmm. about Pac's murder. Mm-hmm. People were upset. People were crying. The whole nine. But wasn't nobody like, who murdered Tupac all like that? Mm-hmm. It was contained in Vegas. Mm-hmm. We, in retrospect, are upset about it. But we are way more upset at the fact that Biggie Smalls died and who killed him. Mm-hmm. His death, and they were both senseless deaths. Mm-hmm. But if we're talking impact, bruh, Pac didn't have that impact. He was building, he was doing a slow build. A very wrecking ball, impactful, slow build. Mm-hmm. Pac would have been what Jay-Z is now. Mm-hmm. Well, nope. I don't care who you are. If your name is not Jay-Z, your stage name not Jay-Z, and his people, his his circle prior to the last five or ten years you wasn't having Jay-Z in your top five Mm -hmm. nobody was calling Jay-Z a goat Mm -hmm. nobody was calling Jay-Z the greatest of all time ten years ago except for Jay-Z I had read an article a couple years ago about uh, about why Jay-Z isn't that great and it was in an outline that how you could tell whether or not his album was going to be great or not based off of how close the camera was on his face on the cover. <laughs> yeah, I saw that article. That was hilarious. But because he continued, he was consistent and kept putting out greatness. Mm-hmm. Now he in the combo. Mm-hmm. Jay Z has broken to a lot of people's top five. Mm-hmm. Jay Z right now is arguably the greatest rapper living. Sorry, Drake. Even though I don't think you are that good anyway, Drake, but that's a whole other story. Like, that would have been pop. He was building something. Where Biggie Biggie had emerged as 
what I would say as undisrespectfully as I can say it, even though it's going to sound disrespectful, mm. he'd emerge as the flavor of the month, flash the pan, kind of. Where Pac was building, what I mean by that is all eyes were, pardon the pun, all eyes were on Biggie. Mm-hmm. It was Biggie is this and Biggie is that. Pac was just building and he was diversifying mm-hmm. and he was building and he was diversifying. He was in movies and he started acting and he started, he were, there's some rumor that he was starting to try to write some stuff and passed, and I don't mean hip hop, right? He was trying to write some movies and stuff like that. He was, he was doing all these other things. He was acting, he was getting ready to be an activist again. He was, he, he was uh, speaking in a positive way in front of cameras and interviews and stuff. This was who he was becoming and he was building a legacy. Mm-hmm. But because we never got to see the end of the legacy, his impact isn't as great, mm. so therefore I can't make him a one of the. I can't make him make him the greatest legend, nor can I put him over Prince. I can't put him over Mike. I can't put him over Biggie, mm. because in his impact, one is great. And I love Pop. Pop is my favorite rapper of all time. He can't be number one though. He got to be number four. Who are your number three? So, um, going in the same vein of impact because of the other two mm-hmm. um one is because of their cultural impact and one is because he's just my personal favorite let me just be honest mm-hmm. so that automatically puts Pac in number three and i can't say that tupac is not one of the greatest rappers of all time the greatest um for me he was Unfortunately, and I I think it's one of the things that kind of hindered him and his greatness. Like, I could totally see if he could have lived. And in his path of evolving and getting understanding of people, not only getting understanding of people, but really starting to handle his emotions. So the difference between Biggie and Tupac for me is... Tupac wrote a lot of his feelings out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's an actual book or is did I read some of his lyrics that were actually translated into a book of poetry. Um, but he was a writer. So if you know Tupac's history, you know that his mama, Fina Shakur, was a member of the Black Party Panther. And a lot of her focus, because of her membership with the Black Party Panther, was focused on education and overall cultural enlightenment. Uh-huh. Tupac lost a lot of that because he wrote a lot of his emotions. So when you go from Brenda had a baby, which is still, I know people be like, all eyes on me, but Brenda Brenda had a baby was more culturally impact. Like he, dear mama, like if you really uh-huh. sit down and listen to the lyrics, he snitched on his mama <laughs> in that song. Yup. And like the most unfavorably unlikely way, but he was real about it because he wore his heart on his sleeve. And unfortunately, I think that was a part of his downfall and not understanding how to deal with his own emotions. Mm-hmm. This whole West Coast, like watching that documentary, like really helped open me up more to the plight of him as a man versus the legend and the myth that we make him. Mm-hmm. Um, And he wearing his heart on his sleeve, like really, I could say probably was his undoing. 
like thinking that someone who was his friend had betrayed him really ignited this whole East Coast, West Coast thing. Mm -hmm. They opened up the door for somebody to do something just unspeakable or somebody who was... Because what people don't talk about when he was at death row was that he was trying to get out of it because he started to see the cultural impact he was having. Mm -hmm. And he then got to understand, because for what we all forget, him and Biggie were kids. 20-something years old, early 20s. They were 20-something-year-old young men, but they were kids. We don't give men half the credit they are due when they're in their 20s. So and in no way should we think about him being so evolved and him so old, and he wasn't. He was a kid who was figuring out this whole money, power, fame, and it really took him to sit down and really go back to looking at his own life. That's his stint in jail really showed him his cultural impact on the world and how he was accountable for it. Like if we if you ever decide to do a podcast on accountability, it's coming. <laughs> um like he he really started to really take in his own impact, his cultural, his carbon footprint on the world. And he wrote with his heart on his sleeve. And unfortunately, I don't think he evolved and had the opportunity to evolve to the potential he could have been. Like, I could completely see him taking a role that T.I. has now. As not only was he a gangster rapper who came out of nothing, but someone who evolved into this activist, this cultural, this, this whole, not only am I going to change myself and my community, but now I the world impact I have, not just for now, but for our generations and our legacies to come. And he just never reached that potential. So he, and that was very long. He is my number three. <laughs> for me, my number three, and I battled with this one. Um, I think I know who number three. My, my, I, I really did battle with it. I, I was going back and forth and going back and forth and going back and forth. Um, this my wife already knows. There's no question who number one is. Mm-hmm. But two and three, there is there's a battle with that one. Um, so I thought about it real long and hard. And since I said staying consistent, Prince is number three. I figured it. But I got to stay consistent. Mm-hmm. His life impact mm-hmm. was outstanding. Mm-hmm. His death impact was hurtful, but not long-lasting. We gave Prince a lot of his roses while he was alive. Mm -hmm. But they were just like roses. They died off quickly. Mm -hmm. Like, for the first month or two of his death, there was Prince marathons, and there was Prince tributes, like we do with most celebrities who are big stature when they pass. Mm -hmm. But because of his nature and his his his, uh, 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 his his religious focus, because as a as a, a Jehovah's Witness, there's certain things that he would not allow. Mm-hmm. It didn't allow you the kind of access to his greatness long term that everyone else would have. Mm-hmm. Prince is a whole legend out in these streets, mm-hmm. a whole forgotten legend. Unfortunately, his 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 musicianship, his composition is almost unparalleled. Mm-hmm. He was phenomenal in everything he did 
but tell me who was mimicking him now. Right. So as a result, yo, he gotta be number three. Cause the the remaining two, the impact's too great. You cannot deny their impact. Mm-hmm. And part of being a legend is your impact on others. Your legacy is who you build yourself to be. Your legend is who you impact others to be. Mm-hmm. And I've never heard a whole lot of musicians, a whole lot of artists in any capacity, any genre of music, say I got into the game because of Prince. Yeah. So, while we was all, in our generation, we was all making that sweet, sweet love to Prince, we weren't trying to be like him. So, you're number three. I know who your number two is. We gonna battle. <laughs> Because we already gotta... know who number one is, mm-hmm. each other's number one is. Mm-hmm. Okay. We ain't got a whole lot of time. We're going we gonna to battle. Okay. Well, we just going to go ahead and get this out the way then. So my number two, and then the whole bunch of y'all going to be like, oh my God, that's so not right. But it's actually Michael Jackson. Mm. I know. Um, mm-hmm. So let me just make this simple to the point. Um, I am more of a hip hop fan than I am an R&B fan. Um. Hip hop hits me in a way that R and B does not. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, whether you love him, hate him, whether you believe the stories are true, um, the good or the bad about him, whether you feel sad about him, there's no denying that he revamped the way that music is done. Mm-hmm. Like Michael Jackson is a legend. He, whole legend. He is a whole legend. But for me, he not my number one. I will I will get with a bunch of people if we were having like uh oh, for real, this what we doing tonight? Mm-hmm. Okay, I see what's happening now. Um so for me, I could say that sorry, let me get closer. Mm-hmm. I could say that yeah, this undenying his cultural footprint. Everybody knows what they were doing. Um, the day that Michael Jackson died. Facts. We all know this. But for me, I will sing along with him. With the, If it was a group of us together and we all singing Michael Jackson songs. But other than that, I don't think they're putting no mic on. There's never a moment for me where I just put a Michael Jackson song on. <laughs> That's me. Okay. <laughs> You're number two. Number two is baby, baby. I knew it. Oh, oh, oh. chicken. Biggie Smalls. Stop it. <laughs> really, Biggie's number two because his impact was great, but his but his length ain't long enough. You can't have a two piece catalog and say that you are greater. Mm-hmm. Than a dude who spanned three generations. I could say that. Because you're crazy. Yeah, we are all still screaming about who murdered Biggie. Got that. Understand that. But Mike's impact is still being felt across the world. I'm one who I don't believe all the garbage behind what they say about Mike. Mm -hmm. And it's not because I'm a Mike fan. It's because I follow the trials. Mm -hmm. 
I heard the evidence against. I heard what the prosecution said. I heard what the defense said. I heard what the judge's ruling was. I heard what the, how the jury ruled. I heard it all. I followed even the one where he settled and I know and I read some of the articles about the behind the behind the courtroom stuff that went on so that this thing would happen and what Mike actually wanted to do and what he was not allowed to do. He wanted to fight it, nobody wanted to fight it. Yeah. So I don't deal I'm not dealing with all that garbage. Uh-huh. His impact is still being greatly felt uh-huh. everywhere. People are still uh mimicking not mimicking they're still uh, uh, sampling his stuff, they're still trying to be the entre- the 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 over entrepreneur that he was and mogul that he was. Yeah. Jay Z is modeling himself after Mike. Mm-hmm. What Jay Z is doing with Title mm-hmm. is because of Mike and Mike deal- Mike and how he dealt with Sony. You were never going to get another great legend like Michael Jackson. There will be another Biggie. There'll be another pop. There'll be another prince. You'll never get another Mike. Ever. And we have seen the one and only. He he was here, appreciated and disrespected at the same time. And God, I heard D.L. Hughley say this, and, and this was so on point when he said it. He said, do you understand how disrespectful we have been to Mike? Why Mike not have certain things that he should have had that legends get? Mm-hmm. His tribute was too short. Mm-hmm. His, 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 his the, what we did for him and how we have elongated him and what and how and places he was never allowed to be played on, is and the the barriers he broke and all the stuff he did, mm-hmm. and we treat him like he was trash. Disrespected legend. Meanwhile, we all sample from him. We all bite his style. We all bite his swag. He is iconic enough that if you walk around with one glove on, people say you need to do the Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson made it okay to wear penny loafers. Mm-hmm. If you, everybody know who you're talking about immediately. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, it's really disrespectful to say about Biggie. Mm-hmm. is iconic. Mike made words and made us talk about him. Mike was the greatest of all time. No one greater, no one better. He's number one, without question. Big number two. His impact is more regional than it is uh, that it is overall. People loved him in New York. If you're a hip hop head, you love you love Big. But if you're just a fan of music, you love Mike. And when you understand what he did, how he composed his stuff, how he was a writer, how he put this all together, you understand. You got to be a Mike fan. You understand why Mike has to be. Number one. All right. So, so I'm going to wrap this up. Keep this broadcast really short. Oh, we got one more. We're going to try and breeze through. So I got to do this keep one because it's, it's too good. Okay. Uh, we're going to keep this real quick then. It's got other matters to tend to. Uh-huh. Uh, um, oh, okay. That's what, I that's what you said. It's like that for. Okay, I got you. Go ahead. Yeah, so my number one is Biggie. Um, mm-hmm. Overall, culturally, for me personally, um, and most of my list has been for me personally. For me personally, um, it, it's Biggie. It's Biggie. No one spoke to me like Biggie. I felt his pain. I understood his story. I understand Ready to Die, him getting off the, his chest, the things he, he had been through. 
and his life as he saw it, not only in the present, but in the future. So his life after death, um, something about him, something about his spirit just resonated with me. And so he is most definitely my number one. Um, Michael Jackson has not had that kind of impact on my life. Um, the way I have the impact that Biggie has had on my life. So for me, it's Biggie. Well, we're under attack right now. So I'm not going to go ahead and get to this last one. We got some things we got to take care of. We are under attack right now. It rained here in Georgia. And and so now we have we have we have a little little fight on so our hands because with, with, with some things trying to creep on in. So we're going to go ahead and cut this off. Like I said, it's real tough, so I ain't got no problem being on real with y'all. This, this, this is one of the detriments that you have when you live right in next to a, in the south, right next to a lot of woodsy area. So we're going to go ahead and cut this off. Listen, do me a favor and, and make sure you become one of our uh, valued listening subscribers. You can do that on Anchor and be able to support us monetarily once a month. It's a wonderful thing to do. It'll help us be able to continue to grow this podcast. Do me a favor as well. Check into the uh, Next Level Service every Saturday at 12 noon. It's a wonderful experience. High Praise Ministries, Next Level Service. If you've never heard a real raw preacher preach real raw message before, you need to check out Next Level Service on our Facebook page, High Praise Ministries Facebook page. Also, if you're here in the Atlanta area, contact us. We'll tell you how to get to us as well. Keep this conversation going, whether it be the uh, the rank the the rank of the better actors, the rank of the best uh, of the greatest legends of all time. Do that on our Facebook page for the for for the Real Talk podcast, the HPM presents Real Talk podcast Facebook page. Keep this conversation going. Let us know what you think about the broadcast. Let us know what you think about the topic about sex and all that we have talked about. This has been another episode of Real Talk. Listen, no matter what you do, no matter who you are, no matter where you go, always keep it real. This has been the Real Talk Podcast. Thank you for listening. This has been another episode of the Real Talk Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed what you've heard. We hope it's fed your mind, your soul, and enriched your life. Feel free to submit all questions to the Real Talk Podcast at realtalkhpm at gmail.com. That's realtalkhpm at gmail.com. No matter what you do, no matter where you're going, no matter what happens in your life, always keep it real. Real Talk. We out.